Hello to everyone tuning in to the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing individuals who are living a life beat to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for each one of you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your results in manifesting your dreams in this reality. Stopping by today to join us is a man who truly lives life on his own terms. He is a graduate of Penn State University, where he studied musical theater, a world-class coach who teaches burnt-out, frustrated coaches how to build six-figure businesses, and is the head coach of The Strong Coach, which is an organization dedicated to helping countless individuals level up their fitness mindfully and consciously. Please give me a hand in welcoming my man, Benjoy Walker, to the show. Oh, thank you. That was lovely. Absolutely, brother. <laughs> I received that, man. That felt good. Yeah, man. I'm glad. That was my intention. So to know that I made you feel good makes me feel good. Right on. We're off to a rip-roaring start. Absolutely, man. So tell us where we are right now. Oh, we are at the pirate base of Enlifted. The Mark England Family Lake House in Virginia. In the sunroom <laughs> on the second floor. Sitting at a table. Yeah. You know, a circular table. Because it's a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this has been the coolest adventure I've gone on as of late. I desperately needed this. And just coming here and getting to be around so many inspiring people such as yourself. Man, to meet everyone in 3D that's made such an impact on my life the last God, only six months, which has felt like so much longer, is just, I can't put it into words. So I appreciate you being here, man. And oh. letting us do this here, I mean, in person, in 3D, it's amazing. Yeah, imagine <laughs> imagine there's two people yeah. and we're sharing the same space. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's such a strange feeling. Yeah, and it feels good, man. It's a really good feeling. I feel like right now with quarantine and everything happening this year, people are much more aware of the value of true human connection. You know, Zoom's great. Like, thank God this pandemic happened in 2020 and not 1992. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would have been uh, interesting. But, you know, I'm really stoked that this is happening for humanity in the way it is because I do feel like a lot of good is coming from this otherwise dark situation. Yeah. The the, the times when I've gotten to meet back up with people, like just getting to go see my family, mm. there was so much – I was feeling so much love. Mm. Between all of us, because like it was the first time since Christmas that my my parents and my sister and I had all been under one roof. Mm. So, and when it, when the pandemic hit, we were all in different places. So having the the coming together around that and really and like we all got our negative COVID tests. It's like yes, we can hug. This is <laughs> we great. can hug again. Oh, yeah, it, it feels so good. Yeah, you know, honestly, it's really funny because. You know, throughout this whole time, I'm a super social person, but I found that I really needed the time alone in a way that I didn't really understand until I had it happen. And I don't know at what point I would have realized I needed that if I hadn't been forced into it. So it's kind of funny how like the old saying, your mess becomes your mission, you know, and I feel like this quarantine, although quite a mess in the beginning, has allowed me to really, you know, uncover another layer of the onion to my mission. Yeah, that was when uh, when quarantine first hit. Me and Bledsoe were we just started busting out daily content and like so much support, all these extra calls. And there was one point where Mike looked at me and he was like, "There's so much work now. Why weren't we working this much before?" <laughs> I don't. And we were killing it then. What's going on now? Yeah. And uh, 
it the get, yeah getting so much clarity mm. on when you're free of distractions you can have you can really sit with what's important and under understand like what the importance of the role that you're playing in all in a larger mission and what that impact actually looks like and there's no there's nothing to distract you from that it's that powerful. Was, it's a powerful quarantine was that was that was a time of lots of reflection. Speaking of roles, why don't you give us a little background info? Mm. Who you are, what you do, who Ben Joy Walker is. Oh man. So Ben Joy Walker, I am a I am a spirited child. <laughs> That's uh where that name uh comes from. Um so I'm, I'm I've always been the kid who's got a like I've, I have a, a high threshold of energy expenditure mm-hmm. that I have to use in a day, Feels. and that's like <laughs> I have to, I'd have to get run around when I was little before I could go to sleep, um, and that eventually it led me through sports and it led me to musical theater, and that was where I learned to actually channel that energy and do something with it, and that was then like led to my next ambitions of like you were saying, studying musical theater at Penn state and going on to become a professional actor, all following that, like that channel of where, where the spirited child energy could go. And, uh, then it stopped being in alignment for me and I found coaching and I found Mm -hmm. the strong coach and it's been a hard left, (laughs) Hard left since uh, since January 2019 was when I really made the switch, and it's yeah, shit's different now, man. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because what you talked about there, or what I you know kind of resonated with, was the feeling of intuition, and also you know I commend you on your ability to realize that that wasn't serving you anymore, and up and leaving something that you know you obviously still have a big passion for, you know, for the next layer of your mission, and I feel like that's something that. Speaking for myself, my own experiences, the status quo is something I've often, you know, trailed towards, you know, like, oh, everything's comfortable. But one thing I've realized since beginning my self-development journey was that the discomfort is actually more comfortable than the comfort, you know, aspect, because the discomfort leads to what you were saying, like bringing down those next layers of the onion. I mean, switching careers and taking a hard left like that, that's not easy, you know, and being able to do that. It just, it says a lot about your adaptability as a human. And I, you know, we are adaptation machines after all. So it's, it's really cool. It's yeah. Really it's cool. been, it's been fast. It's been really <laughs> fast. <laughs> so what would you say your favorite part about that transition has been thus far? The favorite part about that transition. Oh man, that, that is I need to sit with that one for a mm-hmm. sec. That one's good. Got all the time you need, man. There was a lot of, I had a lot of wanderlust mm. from uh, being on the road. I was on the road with Beauty and the Beast for two years. So I saw all, like, all of the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was always on someone else's schedule. Like, if we get to a cool city, it's like, oh, cool, we're here for a week, but we've, also got rehearsal this day, understudy rehearsal this day, and then we've got a five show weekend. So we've got this one day <laughs> where we can ex- where we can do all of Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, so then that and then I stuck myself in New York mm-hmm. 
afterwards. And because if, if when you're an actor, you, the story you get told is if you want to make a living, you got to go to New York because that's where all the action is. And that that I have to be in New York story was a, a big uh, sore point for me because I was I knew that that's just not it. So my favorite part about the transition is how quickly I've been able to find it, like find the places that I want to spend my time in where like I'm excited to be there. Like whatever I'm doing, I'm excited that I get to do it there. And that was something that I really, that I didn't have in New York. And I've found that and it feels really special. You know, what's really cool about that is what you were doing is just saying, Hey, you know what? I want to go towards what feels good. And I feel like humans, we overcomplicate everything. I know I do. And it's funny that it really just comes down to are the decisions you're making is each decision you make moving you towards more energy or less energy. And I, again, we've overcomplicated it and our mind rationalizes and logicalizes, if that's even a term of, you know, things Mm -hmm. in a way that make us, ah, well, you know, I don't know how I feel about this anymore, but you know, it's five minutes from my house and it's convenient and, you know, I, I get paid good and all these things we say that are logical things. I mean, they make sense, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, nothing's going to solve the problem of not feeling good other than just finding what feels good. And that's why you have to be unreasonable because mm. that, that's what you were saying is like, Oh, but it's five minutes away, blah, the, like security, all that. Those are all reasons. And you can come up with a reason to do or not do anything. Mm. So throw them out the window mm. and any, any, any time where you start to like the, the feasibility and the lot and the logic of it, that's, that's your, your body's like discomfort response of like, no, no, we shouldn't do that. That's no, that's too crazy. We need to logic our way out of this. That mm. that's wild. But that's what your heart is pulling you towards. Mm-hmm. And that's why, uh, that's the, like the main mantra that the strong coach runs off of is be unreasonable. You know, it's so powerful. And the concept of language in general is so powerful and where we are right now is so powerful because we are with the language Jedi and, you know, we're the, you know, the understudies of him and, you know, of the whole movement. And it's so it's, it's been something that's really changed my life more than I could ever put in the words in the shortest amount of time I've ever had this much change happen. How has, learning the ways of language in a new way, let's say, how has that affected you in your life as a whole? It's, it's allowed me to get really specific on what I want. Like the saying the mere, like the, just the mere removal of soft talk from, from saying that I want to do this. It may, it drives it home so much more. So I've been really, I've been really specific. I come and go from my home base as I please was the first thing I wrote down when I started the strong coach. And that's been something that I've kept on my mind really directly this whole time. And that's, what's brought me here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, really specific. And the, the, the way I've heard it said is be stubborn on the goal and flexible on how you get there. And, language has created a clear path for how to do that. It's so cool because what I immediately think of is 
you know, and I'll probably butcher the quote. I've been butchering quotes the whole weekend, but <laughs> I'm still going to try. Go for it. You know, the quote of, you know, if you don't, if you don't I forget exactly what it is, but you know, sometimes the biggest risk you can take is no risk at all. And what you tell yourself really matters and what you put energy towards really matters. And you spoke about adventure when it comes to going and, you know, coming and going from your home base as you want. Mm -hmm. What role of importance do you place on adventuring with regards to the human spirit? With regards to the human spirit, I don't know that I would have a, a practiced enough vocabulary around the human spirit to say it like that. I know when I when I look at those things, I, I like to look at the human as an animal. Like mm-hmm. if you would be like, well, what is the best habitat for this gorilla? Because we know a lot about what gorillas need. And looking at a human's needs that way, it makes so much sense to me to to want to move from place to place and want to see all of that stuff. Like you're there's the when you look out over a big mountain view, that's like the reason it feels so good is your eye muscles are relaxing mm. because we're inside so much and they have to tighten to focus on the stuff that's really close by. So having that, that space and like, that's what, that's what our ancestors did that there's people out there who still do that. And when, and when we when we feel that pull, it gets tamped down. It's like, oh, he's being young and crazy. You read too much Jack Kerouac or something, <laughs> something like that. But there's there's a real like evolutionary pull for me to to do that, and it feels it feels it's in alignment. Like I can feel that. You know, the reason I ask that is because my biggest thing has always been freedom. Even before I started coaching. You know, I've always known I wanted to be an entrepreneur of some sort, pretty much with anything I've ever done and just tried to do it my own way. And, you know, freedom's always been the number one thing. And, you know, I was talking to, I believe it was Adam about this last night, how I've always just known that to be my North Star. And seeing what you do, you know, being able to travel and just, it's, you know, it's giving me inspiration and it's made me realize more and more, like, not only is this possible, but, you know, it's definitely the fucking thing I want to do. Like, it's just... You know, and that's what's been so amazing about joining and lifted and getting around so many other go-getters and just absolute badasses is just, you know, it's so inspiring because we all pump one another up, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's like, you know, you want to talk about the most meaningful people in my life. It's all people that we build each other up, you know, and I feel like right now the world is in a strange place and social media, the media in general, you know, it can definitely get to a toxic level where you just see a lot of negativity and you think that's what the world's like, but it really isn't. And perspective has been something that has been a huge gift for me. And it's, you know, changes all the time, but how has your perspective shifted as you've gone through the last year since January 19? Like how has your perspective as a whole shifted? Have there been any moments that you remember in particular Mm. What are your thoughts on that? The shift has been a lot more in uh, in the realm of action. 
like what what is the action that I can take off of this feeling and trusting that like taking big actions like I'm just okay I'm gonna go to training camp for the soul and I'm gonna move to California when I do it that feels right and like even even though like the the stuff like that seems crazy and fast the being able to take action and having a high speed of implementation on those actions is key because it's like when you get the the impulse to do something like take out the trash you've got like 5 seconds to act on that impulse before it goes away <laughs> it's it's the same thing like it's like when someone says uh i think i kind i will kind of want to quit my job but yeah i don't know like just take out everything and what are your what you're left with is i want to quit my job like when it's that clear what other option is there you got to take it and then it gives you a perfect way okay that's the goal how do i reverse engineer that what do i need to do do i need to look up other jobs am i going to go out on my own it gives you a much more confident ability to plan you know and that's something that you know, again, it's just, are you moving towards energy or away from energy? And you're right. Like those little fleeting moments of inspiration, they don't last long, you know? And I feel like maybe that's a program from when we were, you know, in a different time in life where obviously it wasn't as easy to take risks and whatever. So we were kind of trained, whether unconsciously or consciously to be a little more careful. But I feel like these generations specifically, like our generations are really just, we're just throttling it and just seeing how far out of the matrix we can possibly get. And there's no judgment towards people that want to do that. We've been talking about this weekend, how like, Hey, there's some people that just like want to work the job and that's awesome. That's awesome. They can make just as big of an impact, but I've always known for me. And I think I speak for you as well. When I say like, that's just not the path for me. I just, I'd rather take the chance and try something new and, you know, experience the lows to be able to experience the really high highs, you know? Yeah. And, and, it makes me think of the, like when people talk about like traveling and there's like, Oh, I want to go abroad. And they like, I have to go to these, all these different countries, but there's so much that's right here. And it's so easy to get to. There's so much to see so much, so many different cultures to experience different environments to experience. And I think that that's part of what stops people is they think they have to make this big grand thing. But like Utah is like another planet. You know, so you, you have access to all of that. It's way, it's at your fingertips. What's been your favorite adventure you've ever taken? Mm. That's a good one. Um, it would be, yeah. When, uh, when we got out to Utah Right, right. It was right after the Arnold got canceled. Everything was shutting down, and Mike Bledsoe just walks into my house and goes, "Yo, I'm going to Utah in four hours. Are you coming?" I was like, "Well, shit, sounds way better than being in San Diego. <laughs> if I've got to be somewhere in quarantine, sure, I'll fucking go." And we that night we drove through the night and uh, parked in a just a desert backwoods campground, free campsite. And then just figured it out. 
from there. And it was total like uncertainty and like the beginning of COVID is like, I don't know, are we, is it going to be like Mad Max next week? Like no, <laughs> no one had any fucking yeah, clue. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, well, I'd rather be out here and be wrong than, than be back there and be right. <laughs> so, and that, that was where a lot of like the, the reflection and stuff that, that we talked about earlier happened. And there was a lot of, I mean, there was a lot of inward adventuring and a lot of outward adventuring that whole time. And I really, I grew a lot from that one. There's di- different Ben came out of quarantine for sure. Seeing the scenery of where you were in Utah, it was fucking magical, man. It was like a Bob Ross painting. Like I remember seeing you do Mace Flow and it was just so fucking cool. Lumberjack fucking flannel with the short shorts dude yep. i'm like fuck yeah man and sunset magic time on yes, the rocks dude. oh, oh man gosh. that was beautiful what was your favorite part about utah the the drama of the scenery there <laughs> like it's not it's like uh mountains like there this is like a like you couldn't have dreamed shapes like this and they're huge and they're vast and they're so easily accessible. Like we, I, from our back window, when we were at that Airbnb, I could see uh, West Temple of Zion National Park. And I could see the Great White Throne. And the, like, you understand why that place is called Zion. And it's all just right there. And so, so easily accessible. So much, so much fun. So much fun to play around in there. I'm glad you brought up fun and play. Because that's a great transition into something that everyone should know about you, which is, dude, your mace skills blew me away the first time I saw you do it. And then when you did the video to Panama, that was <laughs> awesome, man. From one Van Halen fan to another, that was just super fucking cool. So uh, what do you do to play? I love... I love being active. So play for me is like, I got called out once by a, a, an old girlfriend. I was talking about like, Oh, like we're on this beach vacation. Maybe we like, let's go vacation in the mountains. If we can go hiking. She's like, that's not a vacation. Man. That doesn't sound relaxing. Like, <laughs> oh, is that, is that what people do? on vacations? <laughs> So yeah, I love rock climbing. I love hiking. I love jumping in freezing cold lakes backpacking and and then i also love uh reading about humans Mm. and like books like sapiens Mm -hmm. and humankind um it's really fun Mm. to to like take that that information and try those hats on like oh what about this story whoa (laughs) (laughs) that's expansive my my um so yeah it's a lot of a lot of activity. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying, I am a spirited child. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's something I will always be. I've always loved those same types of things. And I have been known to feel like I'm plugged into an electrical socket like 24 hours a day. Um, my girlfriend has a joke that she literally can't take me anywhere because I just, I make friends everywhere I go. I just <laughs> love talking to people and I love talking. And, you know, I love learning about other humans and sharing experiences and just, that's like, I feel for me anyway, the gift of life is just realizing that you're never alone. There are so many other people that are just like you, but they're also wildly different. And that is just, it's a constant mystery that I love. Who have been some of your biggest inspirations on your journey? Uh, Mike Bledsoe and Daniel Rios, for sure. Uh, they were 
Daniel was my coach. We did, he worked with me one-on-one um, while I was going through the strong coach. And that was that. And then training camp for the solar, like two, one, two punch, most transformational things I've ever done. Um, yeah. They, they, they set a really strong example for me of, of being, being fully expressed and being like straight up, like this is my wants. These are my boundaries, like understanding, uh, how to bring on King energy, mm. which has been really helpful in the, in this time of, of mass, not mass panic. I don't, don't want to go there, but times of emotion, uh, stress, emotional stress. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> that, uh, like I've, I've definitely, I've been able to drop into that and hold that space for people. So they, those two, those two have been huge for me. You mentioned being fully expressed, which is a topic that we've talked about a lot this weekend. And I really feel like it's necessary to touch upon it a little bit more. What does being fully expressed mean to you? And why do you think some people are afraid to explore that topic of full expression? So my first three mantras that I say every morning and every night, I am loud. I am unapologetically myself. I celebrate everything. That's full expression mm. to me. Um, I'm a very loud person. And uh, the <laughs> that didn't jive with many people. You know, it's like I, I walk in and I'm just so excited. I'm screaming. So, yeah, people are going to like flinch. <laughs> but, then, but then it's like, God, Ben, you're so loud. Jeez. <laughs> and uh, that that weighed on me a bit. Mm. So now like, Making be, making sure that I'm not holding any of myself back and putting it all out there unapologetically, um, and then two, being celebrating everything and being so so fucking stoked about the littlest stuff. It it makes everything way more fun, and like I've I I've heard too that there's another way of looking at it is like well of course of course you did this mm-hmm. like. And it's, I, I prefer, of course, <laughs> you know, like I, I want like, yes, of course. And it's fucking dope. So I'm yeah. going to do some fucking heel clicks over here because yep. this is sick. Yeah. And, and of course, and I'm still going to act like I want to celebrate this. Like it's the first time it's ever happened. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> what I immediately thought of when you were explaining that was my concept or not my concept, but something that I have heard somewhere. I definitely didn't invent this by any means, but I loved it. And it's just something that like immediately resonated with me, which was the concept of battery chargers versus battery drainers. And again, it's, I think it's another way to, you know, synonymize the, you know, more energy, less energy thing where like, you know, like this weekend I get here and immediately I'm just like, feels like I drank three cups of espresso. Right. And that's, that's again, an intuitive feeling of like, Warmer, colder, like, hey, warmer, warmer. These are people that, like, you know, you vibe with, they vibe with you. Like, this is going to be fun. Versus, like, again, no judgment. Just there's certain people that, you know, you don't jive with, whatever. Um, How have you managed to keep that level of energy? Has it been something that you've just always had innately? Or have you had times where you're down and you've had to cultivate it in certain ways? Uh, it's been innate for the most part. There was definitely some some tamping down 
as a as a as a coping mechanism. Um, actually, I remember getting to first day of of musical theater school, and how do I say it? Like, that's <laughs> a funny way to say it. Yeah. Um, and I thought that I was like clown spark plug guy guy, and then there was a guy in my class who was more that, and I was like, I don't know what's it. Shit. Uh, <laughs> how do I? So and and I received some some cattiness sometimes from from people for for my loudness. That that's probably projection. Whatever. <laughs> so part of the it was equation. it was off, often it was it was uh, difficult for me to to fully let it down. Um. So. What was your question? I'm almost there. I'm no, almost it's all right. Time. Yeah. Um, we've had a weekend. Uh, a <laughs> little, little sleep for everyone listening. And uh, yeah, we decided to do this anyway because it's going to be so much The people fun. need to hear the good people word. People need to hear the good word. Yeah. I wasn't, um, I'm not far off track. I just yeah, no, where I was cultivating going. energy. Like, was it something that you always had innately? Oh, or yes. Like in times where, you know, those situations presented themselves yeah. where you maybe felt like you couldn't express. Um, how did you keep yourself from losing that energy? It was... I knew it was always there. Mm. I knew it was always there. And, uh, I mean, theater helped a lot because that was, um, I did an exercise once where it was like rewind and then look at, look at what you've done in your earlier life and what are the puzzle pieces that fit with what you're doing now. And I realized that little kid, Ben, who's being told to be, to shush, uh, I, I gravitated towards somewhere where I have to be 100% out there, fully vulnerable, fully myself. Otherwise, I didn't do my job. Um, like, got to be able to cry in front of 4,000 people when when the beast lets Bell go. You got to – that scene has to make everybody cry and you've got to mm-hmm. be able to go there. And that was, that was the outlet for a while, um, which then – is hard because when you're doing it professionally, there are not many times. <laughs> so there, there's, there was a lot of pent up frustration yeah. along with that. So that, then it would manifest yeah. still that energy, but uh, Oh, it's always there. <laughs> always there. You mentioned growing up how you were, you know, like told to be quiet and things, which some people could view as like, you know, negative things that happened to you. Right. But I know you won't view them that way. So I have a great question for you that I just thought of, which is, what are your feelings around looking at things as good or bad versus looking at them as all happening for you? What do you feel? How have you, which one have you adopted in your life? Mm -hmm. And what are your thoughts surrounding looking at things from a glass half full perspective, even the things that may have not been comfortable when they were happening to you? Yeah. Surrendering huge Mm. because it's definitely, everything is happening for me. Mm. Um, and I, and like, especially when you call that question to mind, I can look back and know that a, a large part of what got me on this track now is I got cut from an audition that I really wanted. And that really started a, a lot of disenchantment for me in with the business, because I was just like, throwing myself at whatever, wherever the checks weren't going to bounce, not anything that I was actually passionate about. And then I got one shot at the thing I was passionate about. I was like crash and burn. <laughs> um, so it was really even like the, I got some great work after that and still wasn't satisfied. So oh, I lost my place again. It's okay. So, you know, 
looking at things as good or bad. And, oh, yes. Yeah. So I'm here because I got cut from an audition. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like I said, I said this last night. Like, what are the things you're doing now that ten years from now you're going to laugh at yourself for? <laughs> I love that question. That was a great question, dude. You're a great question asker, and I really appreciate that because you know I love questions. Like, I love it. That's one of the best parts about this podcast. Is like I nerd out on the question part. Like, you know, I just I genuinely love looking into people and asking them like how they tick and what what makes them work the way they do because it's just the best way to learn. And again, like we've been talking this whole weekend too about things that are simple yet not easy, you know, because we're overcomplicated beings, you know, and like human connection is one of those things. It's just simple. Like it's just going to make you feel good when you find people you jive with and when you connect with yourself too, which, you know, is arguably the most important because you can only fill someone else's cup from your overflowing cup, you know, so until you make your cup overflowing by going through the journey like you did and, you know, flopping on some things and then realizing that that's like, you know, essentially when you're going to the gym and you're breaking down muscle, it looks chaotic, but then it builds up stronger, you know? And, you know, Mark had a story like that too, obviously his, you know, his kickboxing journey of, mm-hmm. you know, messing up his knee and thinking his career was over. And now look at, you know, the impact he's able to make. So yeah, I, I love, I love asking people those kind of questions. They're just, they're interesting. And I find out, I, lo- I just love finding out a lot about people that I really look up to like yourself, you know? So Steel Mace Flow has been something that, you know, like I mentioned brief, uh, briefly earlier, you know, it's been something I've been getting into a lot. And the concept of flow in general is something that I try to embody in every, every chance I can in life. You know, what does flow mean to you? Could you define it and talk about some of the things you do that help you get in the flow? Mm. Flow is when is when you lose track, completely present in the moment. Um, there's such a feeling of peace and ease when I'm there, um, and it happens on the days where I have the most coaching, um, because a main, a big mantra in coaching is coaching from nothing. Mm-hmm. So the uh, actually, I remember I had a day where it was. I had three, it was like three, four calls, four calls in a row, half hour break in between, but it was like story work session, group coaching call, story work, story work, just bam. And I got done and I wasn't tired. I just was gone. Like <laughs> I was coming from nothing the whole day. So it's like, yeah. that was the position my, my brain was sitting in. Yeah. So there was no way for me to get out of it. And our, uh, uh, one of the women I was the woman not one the woman I was quarantined with was like, "What do you want for dinner? Do you want this?" I was like, "Whatever you make's gonna be great. I've got nothing. <laughs> Just put it in front of me." Yeah, I can't make decisions yeah, yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, but that I guess that's when you know when you're in flow for a really fucking long time because mm-hmm. that's that's what I was for sure. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's the the moments where. Yeah, like every, everything happens and you just forget. Mm-hmm. Like that happen, would happen all the time on stage. Like when I do, I do something and I go, oh, I've never done that before. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell myself to do that. That just happened. Yeah. Um, and those those moments where you honestly react to your scene partner, those are really fun, flowy moments. Because it'll, it'll happen so subtly. Like you'll just say like, say a line like this and then they're like, oh, is it what? Oh, is this? And then the this the whole flavor of the. Actually, I was in a show once, and the, me and this other guy, we were supposed to be 
across the table from each other, like menacing war council. And uh, my mic had gone out in the song previous and I hadn't left stage. So I was still there and we're doing the scene and he's never done this before. He suddenly goes, says his line and goes like this. And I'm like, Oh, what? <laughs> and immediately like chest popped up. And I was like, no, he fucking didn't. He was just, le- he told me afterwards. Cause I was like, dude, that lean, that shit, man, that fucked me up yeah. in the best way. And he was like, yeah, I was leaning in to give you my mic. <laughs> I was trying to make sure that you can use my mic. But like I was in the mo, I was in flow enough to be like, well, this- oh, you're gonna lean in on me, huh? Oh my and that God. changed the whole scene. It was That's bonkers. Awesome. That's awesome. You know, and it's so funny because as children, we're like in the flow constantly. I mean, you watch like kids play and they're just, they have no concept of time, you know, and then they're, they're told through one, you know, means or another that like, you know, kind of broken out of that flow. Um, so I found for myself, the journey of flow has been a regression back into finding my inner child again. And the inner child is something I know is talked about a lot in our circles and especially with TCS and training camp for the soul for those listening. And a lot of the organizations we're both part of. What does your inner child mean to you? And what does that inner child want most out of life? The inner child for me, a lot of it comes is the, uh, the truth of what I want. Like what's what I'm really excited about. Mm. And, uh, and he's, he's a really good, uh, barometer for me. Like I, I remember, being being at TCS and I just had a, a rough I'd gone through a rough patch mm-hmm. in the in the work. I was like, whew, whoa. And uh <laughs> <It happens. laughs> I, I laid down to take a nap and everyone went for a walk and I was like, no, no, I'm gonna take a nap. And I was like suddenly felt this wash of like sadness of like just took my toy away. Sadness. And I was like, oh no, I'm going on this walk. And that like that was inner child. Like, oh my friends yeah. Going. <laughs> and yeah so tuning tuning into that is what like that plus heart is um is what inner child means to me of like this direction mm-hmm. this way it feel if it feels like this that's that's the action that's in alignment mm-hmm. what excites you most in life adventure <laughs> uh yeah of course um Cause I, I do love seeing this country, mm. even just this country. Like a lot of my, a lot of people know, awesome. like, Oh, I want to go there. It's cheaper. It's here. It's like, yeah, but the Rockies are epic. So I want to go there. And the, I, I love, I love when it, it's, it is like, Oh, it's a Tuesday. Let's go hiking. <laughs> Let's go hike a really a bitchin mountain. Cause it's Tuesday. Um, so that's 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 something that really excites me. What also excites me is the is being able to connect with people. Mm. I love doing that. Like my my wealth dynamic is supporter. Mm. So like when I get excited about something, it's like bring it in everybody. Mm-hmm. Like that's where mm-hmm. I na- that's where I naturally go. Mm. So I love creating event like events or. Um, like groups of that assembling that and being a part of something like this. Like, you know, Virginia is not my pick. Yeah. You know, if I was like, <laughs> where do I want to accrue to assemble Virginia? Not my Doesn't flavor. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> but 
because the crew assembled, mm. I came. Mm-hmm. Like it's not for me. What's exciting is to uh, have the mindset of it's not what I do; it's who I do it with, mm. and that is always way more fun mm. than just. Well, I want to do this, so screw you guys. I'm gonna <laughs> like. There's definitely a, a space for that, but of course. I much more uh, am excited by the the people. Mm. And there's always, there's always, it's always a different combination. It's like the same circle, similar characters, and then every now and then there's someone new. And uh, I love that, that mixing. It's funny because you just reminded me the last time I was talking to Adam and Chris and we were, we, you know, I made the analogy in my silly state of mind. I was like, you know, when we all hang out together, it's kind of like making a chili, you know, because everyone brings their own spice and vegetable, I guess, and you know, depending on who you hang out with, it's a little bit different every time. And chili's different every time. And that's probably because I love food so much. And I know you love food so much. I love food analogies. They're my favorite. (laughs) Yeah. So in the journey of becoming optimized, right, and and being fit for service and being fit to do this work and being the example of what it means to be healthy of, you know, mind, body, and spirit, how have you found nutrition to aid in that journey? There, I have a, a definite connection, and I don't know that this is unique. I just this is what I'm very present mm. to in myself: connection between my stomach and the rest of my mood. Mm. So, you know, what, like when I was little, I would I would get hungry and I'd act out, and my mom would go, "Ah, peanut butter here!" <laughs> just like stop. So works for dogs, works for kids. Yeah, you know? I mean, there's all sorts of, of limiting beliefs that I learned from that. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> well, feelings, responsibility, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. But like the, she was still doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that kid needs food. Fucking like, yeah, give yeah, it to him. The damn food. <laughs> yeah, he, need, he needs to eat. Um, so a lot of like the, I know how I want to feel, mm-hmm. and I've I'm the the more I eat. <laughs> which is great. The more, <laughs> the more I learn what makes me feel that way. Mm. And I've, I've even recently had times where I've, I've indulged and really noticed how, how, how much shittier I felt. Like I did a weekend where you know, it was a, another vortex like this and mm-hmm. it was tacos and <laughs> wings and voodoo donuts and shit. And I, I looked at my face mm-hmm. and it was, my face was bloated from that. And like, I enjoyed every bite of every single thing I ate, but is it, is it worth it if it does that mm-hmm. to me? Mm-hmm. Cause like, that's not even like, Oh, my face is fast. Like, no, my face is inflamed. That's, I don't want that. <laughs> not at all. Um, <laughs> And I've noticed it a lot with my mood. There was I, I came through New Jersey on my way back east and uh, timed it out for my grandmother's birthday. And my mom made my favorite dessert, which is a chocolate ganache Reese's peanut butter cake oh, to die for. Oh, my God. That sounds um, ridiculous. Yeah. And I had a portion <laughs> of it with ice cream. And I was so irritable the next day. I was on a hairline triggers mm. everything. Just murk. What the fuck is this? What is going on? And I was like, oh, I had so much. Because I had been uh, a very focused carnivore Mm. uh, for like a month up until then. Like dabbling. 
a bit here and there, but not not any crazy indulgent desserts like that. And my body did not like it. Mm. So there's it's like when when someone has been eating like garbage for a while and they they start eating salads and they're like, oh. <laughs> you mean I can feel this good normally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I found that. I was like, why Why am I going to eat something that makes me feel anything other than mm-hmm. this? Like, yeah, that pint of ice cream is going to taste really good. And am I? how long am I going to feel shitty? Mm-hmm. Like, not, not in is a the- judging myself way, but just in a I feel sick way because there's all sorts of garbage in there. Is the juice worth the squeeze, you know? And... What I really thought of right there is your ability to be mindful. And I feel like, I don't feel like I know that being mindful is one of the things in my life that's helped me the most. And just having that moment, like exactly what you just said, where you see the ice cream, you think about the experience of eating it. And that's where most people, including myself, used to stop. Like, ooh, ice cream, good, eat it, right? But you were like, yeah, that ice cream's going to taste great for the 20 minutes it takes me to eat it. But... How long after am I going to feel less than the way that means the most for me to feel, which is energized, lively, energetic, because that's your sauce, you know, like that's, I know coming from me too, like, you know, I have the exact same process and sometimes, you know, like I eat the cake, like, you know, there's, there's a time and a place, you know, where Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, well tomorrow, you know, I don't have anything on the agenda. I can kind of hang out a little bit, but it's made me much more mindful of just how I feel in general. How has being mindful helped you in other areas of your life? Being being mindful removes distractions. Like being mindful of of what I eat when like when I'm not thinking about what is my next meal. I know it's either a steak or it's eggs and bacon. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, carnivore. And uh, yeah, I'm incredible. I am having a blast mm. with it. Um, okay. So I, know, I, remember right reading, I remember reading an article where someone's like, why the ketogenic diet probably isn't for you. And the guy was like, yeah, you got to eat so much fat. Like, can you imagine if you had to eat eggs, bacon and avocado for breakfast every day? And I was like, I do. <laughs> I fantasize about that. <laughs> that is like literally you my mean I can eat this way. I'm sold. Yeah. Sold bro. Um, so there's, and actually I, there's a similar diet I've heard of called the mucusless diet that does the same thing on the opposite end of the spectrum with fruits and vegetables only. Mm. And it removes so much for you to think about, mm-hmm. about your food. And there's so much space for other stuff. So it's like, I wouldn't, I'm not hungry. <laughs> you know, if I, this might be a time in other points of the day where I'd have a snack, but Check in. I'm not hungry. Energy feels good. I'll read a book. I'll go, you know, watch TV. I mean, like <laughs> any anything that would where like your energy would be distracted, your mental bandwidth would get used up thinking about food. That's why Barack Obama wore the same color suit mm-hmm. every day. Because like, like you saw how great his hair got. The decisions he had to make, dude. Not one of them is not going to be what suit to wear. Mm. So it gives like being mindful about any of those things removes the distractions and makes it so much more focused and so much more effective. You talked just now about decision power, right? And one of the things that I've become aware of in the last year is just, you know, how important it is to be mindful. Once again, mentioned that term of where your energy goes and how you expend it. Because 
one of the things that I had to stop doing was social media is just a tool, right? It can be used for good or bad. And, you know, it's really indifferent. It's neutral, um, depending on how you use it. But one of the things I noticed that was kind of giving me a little bit of just not the best feeling was like, especially when quarantine started, you know, I have a little more dead time between, you know, clients or whoever. And I would just like scroll Facebook, just bored. And like my intention was like, I'm just bored. Like, it's kind of like the same thing people do when they watch Netflix, but I didn't put Netflix on. Right. And what I noticed was happening was like, even though I thought in my head, like, I'm just scrolling, none of this is affecting me. It was like getting into my subconscious and it was doing something. I mean, it was, it was making my view of the world a little darker than it needed to be. How important do you think it is, or do you think it's important to keep your energy in check throughout the day and be once again, leading on the last question, mindful about where your energy is going? Oh yes. That's, I mean, that's huge. When, uh, when quarantine first started, we got to Utah, um, and like kick things off on Monday, like lives and support and extra calls. I was burnt out by Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I got too much of a good thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, you mean I got to support all these people? Yes. Mm-hmm. I love this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I went, I went so hard into that, like checking on social media, like reaching out to all these people, checking so-and-so's video and so-and-so's video and this and that. And uh, oh, my eyes hurt. And I was oh, yeah. even like using blue blocker glasses still. <laughs> like one of my clients caught like on that Thursday, I knew I was burned out because he was like, hey man, what are you doing for your recovery? Because you sound really tired. Was, Dude, right? <laughs> so there's, yeah, I mean, it's so, especially doing the things you love doing Mm. because any, any medicine in the wrong dose is a poison. So even if Mm. you love coaching, uh, which I do, Mm -hmm. it's, it's going to take a toll. And that's the, like the shadow side of being a supporter is I want to support everybody. Mm -hmm. And I've got to be really, uh, really judicious with with my nose Mm -hmm. to myself Mm -hmm. really because it's like oh what is it no that oh but nope i got it i got chill i got chill i'm staying my lane over here Mm. um because it it is so easy to get spread too thin and i've done that i did that like doing all the sports and doing musical theater in high school and then trying to be a fraternity and do a show and uh yeah it it becomes so easy Mm -hmm. to spread yourself so thin and Ugh, nothing, nothing good comes of that. It's burnout, mm-hmm. burnout every time. Yeah, burnout, burnout's no fun. I've been there like so many times, and I rode that line for so long. And the way I've revisioned that story, because originally it was like, oh, I can't do that again. But it was like, hey, you know what? I'm in my twenties. It's a good time to kind of go up against that limit and see what it feels like. So now you can evaluate it later on in life too. So that part was cool. Um, and but yeah, I definitely, I definitely learned that lesson. Um, so. One of the things that we've both kind of had a little bit of a laugh at, in good fun, of course, this weekend, is the concept of, you know, one of my favorite quotes, which is, if you speak to everyone, you'll be heard by no one. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how, you know, just in life in general, but especially with coaching, you have to find the your ideal client, the person that you're going to be able to help the most. What advice do you have for people that are, like I've been joking about this whole you know weekend, recovering people pleasers, ah. people that, you know, genuinely want to help everyone? But they get spread too thin. Yeah. It's uh, it's in what you said of who are you going to help the most. Um, because those are, those are the people you can make the most impact on. It's not about um, – there's the tricky thing with my ideal client. 
that makes it about you. Mm-hmm. And it's not about you at all. The coaching isn't about you. The marketing is mm-hmm. not about you. Not, it's all about them. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, I, I can see there why, why some people get turned off by like my ideal client is like, Oh, I only work with these people because I am so special. <laughs> like I can see how that story comes yeah, up. Yeah. Um, but it's, that's not what it's about. It's about what problem are you really good at fixing mm-hmm. and who's going to benefit the most from having that problem fixed. Mm. And in doing that, you you make a bigger impact and really are able to reach more people. That's the thing. It's like not it's not a bigger impact on a smaller amount of people. It's a precision strike on exactly the kind of people like you will find the the million people who respond to exactly what you have to say. Mm. And you you find that by making it all about them, mm-hmm. making them the star of the story, their problems, their dreams, their goals, not yours, theirs. Mm-hmm. And when you can get that specific, you can reach and help more people. Mm-hmm. And every person you meet, you make a bigger impact on because you're exactly the person who's supposed, who's capable of the impact that they need. So that's, that's why an ideal client is so important. Mm. Not like for marketing and for how effective you are mm-hmm. as a coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it, the 7 billion people in the world. I mean, how many hours do you have in a day? Do you really want to help everyone? <laughs> it's yeah. It's like, you know, like the best of intentions. But again, you can't burn yourself out, you know. And what you spoke to there that I like a lot is just something that came up for me was a con- was the D concept of everyone coming into the world with a unique power, a unique fingerprint that will never be on the earth again after you're gone. And everyone having a certain niche, if you will, that can help people in a way that no one else can. As an artist and someone who has probably been told a time or two, you can't do that, you shouldn't do that. What advice do you have to people that are right now feeling the call to break out of their shell, but are feeling afraid to take the action because maybe they have old programming from, Mm. you know, parents or, you know, society or whoever telling them they should play it safe. What advice do you have for people in regards to the importance of finding their unique gift and the importance of doing that. Uh, advice, get help. Mm. It's there's tons of books. There's tons of books. Mm. There's tons of podcasts. That's 10% of doing the work. Um, getting someone to actually do it for you who, who can, shine light on all of your blind spots, see all the things that, that you didn't even know were there. Like that's, that's necessary really to do it. I couldn't have gotten anywhere without help, without support. And we get so much crap about like, Oh, why can't you just do it by yourself? Oh, pull yourself <laughs> up by your own bootstraps. Like, fuck you. Someone's going to help me pull up my bootstraps. Yeah. Thank you very much. Oh Yeah. And I'm really grateful that they did. I'm going to go pull someone else's up now. What do you think of that? Yep. You know, one thing I love about that philosophy too is that this whole like, you know, be alone thing, it's it's not how humans have been. We're tribal beings, you know. We can't make things on our own. At least every good leader knows that, you know. The theory that I like about the, the Neanderthals is that when the Ice Age came along, Homo sapiens was just better at cooperating. (laughs) <laughs> and then, then the lone wolf Neanderthal, so they all died out. I like yeah. 
I like that hypothesis. No, I mean, it makes intuitive sense, too, because, again, are you going to go towards people that make you feel better or people that don't make you feel better, slash are, you know, willing to murder you, you know, in the yeah. Neanderthal case, you know? <laughs> it's because we're, we're so big that we forget about that. Like, we don't have that, like, small band yeah. anymore. But that, like, that, the friendliness, oh, mm. that's so important. The subject of wins has been something that's come up a lot in level two and something that we've definitely, you know, taken some time to reflect on this weekend. What's been your biggest win this year thus far? When uh, I lived my perfect day. So there's some very specific events that I have in my perfect day. And I wrote it down at the beginning of the strong coach. And uh, there's, I wake up in a mountain town uh, in a cabin. I've got my friends around. We go for a hike. We go do a workout together or something like that. We have breakfast together. And then there's a spontaneous barbecue. It's just like, <laughs> hey, you want to guys keep this? Yeah, everyone brings some, some meat. Let's just, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've lived so many parts of my perfect day. And it's always at the end. I go, holy shit. I just, mm. Yeah, that was that. I did that. Ugh, a spontaneous barbecue, though. It didn't happen. <laughs> and in June, in Lake Tahoe, it happened. It was great. Like oh, I yeah. sent out the a, a text and it was like, because a bunch of all my friends know mm-hmm. about this part of my perfect day. I've been very vocal about it. And so many people have been like, Ben, I want to know. Like, I want to make the spontaneous barbecue happen for you. <laughs> so I texted a bunch of people. I was like, yo, this is the spontaneous barbecue bat signal. Get here now. And yeah. it happened. And uh, I actually got up and read my perfect day for everybody. Dude, that's and, uh there were, it was funny, too, reading it because there were even details that I put in there that happened that I wasn't thinking about. Mm. Like, specifics of, like, the hike is nice. It's not super hard, but it still gets up to a nice view. Like, we did that exact <laughs> hike. <laughs> and I forgot Dude. that I wrote that part down entirely That's until awesome. I read it. That's great. Uh, yeah, so that that was a really big personal win for mm. me of, of having the crew around there who was down mm. for that. It was great. That is so kick-ass, man. And something that we've, you know, touched on a little bit, but I just really want to double down on, man, is the importance of, like, saying what you want and vocalizing it and the power of words because that is, I mean, speaking for both of us, that is our shit, right? Like, that's what we both do. We both empower people to use more conscious wording, uh, more conscious language, I guess you could say, and to really double down on the empowering language. What is your process of explaining that to people like because you know when i bring it up to people originally they're like i don't know man they're just words and then you take them through a session they're like oh shit you know and so they all get it eventually you know but but you know for those listening right now that are driving and they're you know wondering like what do they mean by like you know the importance of words what can you speak to about that so in terms of what you want it's like we um Uh, I used this example earlier of I I think I kind of want to quit my job. Mm. I think and kind of are soft talk words and they create ambiguity Um, and they they literally soften whatever you're saying. So you're you're never going to be able to actually take action on that desire because that's what's under all that soft talk is a genuine desire to quit your job. Mm -hmm. And no, no one's saying it outright um they're 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 covering it up with all this soft talk or some sort of like or maybe someday language and 
Unless unless you're clear, uh, Stanislavski, Konstantin Stanislavski, the uh, father of modern acting, said generality is the enemy of all art. Mm, I love that. Yeah. So the it's, it's like the uh, the classic like where do you want to go to? I don't know. Where do you? I don't know. What do you do? And the your <laughs> like neither neither of you wants to like say. One in case the other one is like, ah, I don't know, not, but like really both of you are just like, ah, oh, just fucking say something. I'll go anywhere. It doesn't <laughs> yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. But you're you're creating this ambiguity because you're like, oh, I don't know. What did they want? Mm-hmm, do, do, do. Mm-hmm, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want to just pick my place and leave yeah. them alone. No, it's like, just say something mm-hmm. and get started. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the same thing you're doing when you, when you use soft talk around what you want is like, ah, you know, saying, ah. Maybe some sort of, I kind of want to, maybe a little bit, you know, just a tad. Yeah. Uh, and the universe responds to that. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, you don't really, you're kind of, nah, I can give you some maybe options. I don't know what you want, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, like, that's why it's so important to be so clear. Because you got to be clear for yourself, too. Mm-hmm. Um, like, in addition to that, there's, like, sneaky negations of, like, I want to be free. Mm-hmm. Free from, that's what you're free from something. Mm-hmm. You're free of something mm-hmm. like that. There's still something you're breaking away from mm-hmm. when you talk about that. So it's like, okay, what do you want to do with your freedom? Turn that into something specific mm-hmm. and action. I am free because I did this. I did this road trip uh, because I scheduled my schedule this way. So I have this these extra days off. I am free because. I did that mm. and like that, that like that's taking out the ambiguity of freak is like infinite possibility. Mm-hmm. Like what well, you can't do anything with that. Yeah. That's what one thing Mark helped me with uh, was I, cause I was in that infinite possibility story. I'm like, oh, what do I do? Do I live <laughs> on the moon in five years? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Um, and he said a lot of great things are possible. Okay. Okay. But smaller. I can, but like, and I can from there. I can go. Well, what are some of these great things? Try that hat on. I don't know. Try that, and let's see. Let's give it a shot. Because um, then I guess that's that's the third part is like the oh, I don't know if that's really what I want. Find out. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Go try it. Yeah. You. You. You're. You're not going to get anywhere. You're like waiting for the perfect moment. And uh, it's like the, there's the Zen parable, the the poison arrow. Guy gets shot with a poison arrow, and uh, before they go to take it, I was like, "Wait, what's the arrow made of?" And they tell me, "Wait, what are the fledglings made of?" Uh, wait, who's the 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 bone who shot me? What what village was they from? Who trained them? And then he dies because yeah. it was a poison arrow. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's get the fucking thing out. We got to yeah. like, yeah. you got to when you're faced with those situations, like you you just got to go. You can't bother sifting around mm-hmm. for for some you know magical beam of clarity it's not going to come like that like you you check the feeling go oh ooh, this is a yes Pfft. speed of implementation yeah and go and uh ready fire aim is a oh, yeah. great book Dude. great book and like that's such a great philosophy for for so much like mm-hmm. just give it a shot yeah and then adjust like mm-hmm. it's okay to do that you either win or learn, you know, and I love the concept of messy action because that's something that, you know, we talked about, I think with 
Ryan Walla and I believe Aaron Ginetti as well, or it could have been April. I did like three podcasts in a row, so I'm not exactly sure which one last week, but um, we talked about it twice, like the concept of messy action. And I love that because I have been known to do just that, try to make everything perfect. And, you know, then I, I mean, it just, it, it doesn't exist, you know, and being able to train that response of just taking action and, you know, ready, fire, aim, ing. <laughs> it's just been, it's been a magical sauce, you know. Dude, this has been a freaking blast. We crushed this. Hell yes. This was Hell awesome. Yes. Um, you know, I didn't even ask any of my questions because that's just the flow that we're in here. <laughs> Perfect. So, Perfect. Hell yeah. Um, where can people go to find out more about you and to connect with you to learn about all the amazing ways you can help them? Word. Uh, so I'm most active on Instagram. That's Ben Joy Walker on Instagram. Uh, and there's a link in there if you want to hop on the phone and have a chat if anything I said resonated with you. Um, and if you're a coach and all these all these things about desires and acting on your wants and needs and, and freedom and not getting burnout out and all that shit and you want to you want to build some cool shit, check out the strongcoach.com. You can also hop on the phone with me there and I want to talk about how I can support you to a six-figure coaching business because it's so doable. If you get specific on what you want. Mm -hmm. If someone listening could only make one change to highly optimize their life, what would you suggest that change be? Daily mantras. Daily mantras. That's been the, the one step down the path that I take every day. Is I've got a list of mantras that I say every day and every night. And I write them down and... I write them down and I say them every day, every morning, first thing, every night, last thing. And like the simplest way to think about it is think about the, uh, the goal you want to achieve. Think then describe the person who can achieve that goal. What qualities do they have? And from those qualities, you find your mantras because that's who you need to show up as. So I have a list of how I want to show up. And I remind myself of that every day. I love that. And it's been super powerful in my life too. commit to yourself. That's the most important thing, you know, and that's something that I, I try to tell everyone I come in contact with that is having those struggles where they're kind of in between. Just commit to yourself, man, or woman, <laughs> just commit. That's the biggest thing. I'm so excited, guys, that I finally got to have Ben join on, as he is truly paving the way for countless individuals looking to go out on their own, challenge the status quo, and encompass the archetype of leader in their lives. He is someone who is dedicated to becoming the best version of himself possible, and I couldn't be more grateful to have his insights and friendship in my life. Ben Joy, thank you once again for stopping by the Highly Optimized Podcast, and until next time, may adventure find you at every corner. Namaste. What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches 
that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now, you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, dot com, so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build-out, and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom-branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, .com, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever.